Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Let's have some good football times really quick here, boys. <laughs> Saturday night, we were uh, out at the Red Zone, brought to you by Coors Light, and it was absolutely incredible. So many listeners were out. Now, uh, the Brewers game was on, so we were just doing a show streaming, and it was Rowdy's birthday. We are having a good time. The shots were flowing. So many listeners coming out just giving up shots, shots, shots. Like I was Lil John and LMFAO. It was a really good time. And then, uh, RJ, you went on your merry way to the game. <laughs> Very hot, by the way. That was a hot one yeah, on Saturday. It was warm. Rowdy, were you, were you getting that back sweat like I was? I don't think as bad as you, but it, towards the last <laughs> oh, sweater, the last oof, probably 30 minutes of the show, you could really just feel it beating on you. Yeah, it was tough out there. And then you got uh, RJ. It, we saw the Twins. How awesome was that? Yeah. By the way, Coors Light. Coors Light, right? Coors Light is the people that, um, the delicious beer that sponsors us when we're out at the tailgate. Out at the tailgate, the red zone. And I kid you not, how this isn't, this forever will now be tied for us. Now that the twins, G-Dub and Doug, came down. Coors Light, I'm bringing this back for you. Yeah, that, that was our experience. Coors Light, officially, the commercial has been officially brought back because we partied with the twins. Now, in the commercial, and they sponsored sing. sponsored by Coors Light. Exactly. Yeah. So it's back. Now, the twins they sing about in that song is not to be confused with two guys that are about 6'3". That's more like the... Uh, the how, off, how much the, did G-Dub say you wait? The or, Office episode. Yeah. D- Dougie Michael. said... Twins. Twins. Dougie, you, you understand. We were at Hooters yesterday. Hooters Last Stand, East Side, Madison, Wisconsin. Only Hooters left in Wisconsin. Hooters Last Stand. We actually met uh, up with Dougie. And Doug Doug said, how much does he weigh, Rowdy? Oh, he was, he was uh, saying he was going to be back down for the Michigan game. And we said that Matt Bernstein was also going to be down. And it sounded like he wanted to do a little Oklahoma drill with Bernie. Yeah, he's like, he wanted to get the <laughs> pads on. He wanted to crush beer and, and do a little Oklahoma drill. And then, Rowdy, you asked Dougie. How much do you weigh, Doug? And he's like, yeah, about 315. <laughs> he's like, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Yeah. He is a unit. Yeah. I mean, he's got a twin brother, too. Yeah. They both are. So in the Coors Light song, they're talking about, you know, in the video, two probably 110-pound blonde women <laughs> that are twins. And we're talking chugging Coors Light with two twins that are about 6'2", 6'3", about 300 bills. <laughs> A little different version of twins, but we love them nonetheless. Both both very beautiful in their own ways. All right, so we had a really good time at the Red Zone Madison. RJ, you uh, you know went then to Camp Randall, obviously, because you do you haven't missed you've only missed one game since nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Say? The game itself. What'd you think of the Badgers? I mean, the the running game was dominant. Yeah, I mean, you did what you had to. It, it's once again, uh, for the people who are getting upset about the creativity and all that. You don't have to do that against Caesars Michigan. I understand it. I mean, they crushed them. We weren't seeing shifts. We weren't seeing 
a lot of what we normally would in a Wisconsin offense that I'm guessing we're going to be waiting to see up until uh, the Notre Dame game. Um, and I think that's what happened with the Penn State game too. I didn't see a lot of creativity or anything going in that game either and even a deviation from anything. So um, it was more of the same, almost treating these first two weeks like non-conference games, even though one of them was a conference game. <laughs> Which kind of sucks. And uh, could have arguably week. been their toughest game of the season. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you still only lost by six. Um, and then yesterday, I mean, Saturday, I mean, the running back trio, what they had, 352 yards. Um, you cr- credit that to a lot of line, but Ches Malusi, Jalen Berger getting 15 carries on the nuts. Remember? Yep, RJ called it. Call and it. Isaac Garendo all shined at different points, uh, more so Malusi and Berger. I mean, Garendo had that one run for, what, 82 yards. Yeah. Uh, the defense, dominant. Wisconsin had more points, 24, than Eastern Michigan had yards, 23, through the first half. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they didn't even reach 100 yards total. And they would have not gotten anything if it was for Chase Wolf with a pick six. Yeah, that, yeah. that should have been a shutout. That should have. Well, yeah. And, but it got the cover. I mean, technically it is. Well, I mean, we got covered. Grant Mertz had to come back in to make sure we got the cover. Yeah. But Rowdy, we, Eastern and, Michigan had three first downs. I know. <laughs> we had the Twitter poll, like, will you be concerned if the Badgers don't cover? Well, the Badgers covered, and we said they needed to cover, therefore, like, you know, subside our concerns, so they covered. Should we, yeah, I'm not really concerned then. I guess right. And really, it, like it was kind of a boring the game. Offense but. gave up the seven points, so it was thirty-four nothing. Yeah, the offense should have scored two more touchdowns. Yeah, and they allowed Eastern Michigan to score a touchdown. Yeah. So I mean, that's still a difference right there of twenty-one points. Yeah. Like this game wasn't even close. I mean, the only thing you could take away from it is um, you could say that one guy should be up for D bag of the week. That uh, Turin Bush. Yeah, Bush who was like poking people's eyes. Or Rush, and, Rush, Rush, poking people's eyes and. Stomping, stomping on, on other spitting people, spitting on them, spitting on people. Who Wisconsin had said afterwards that this is the dirtiest team they've ever played. This is the, one of the dirtiest teams they've ever played. And that takes into account Minnesota when Jerry Kill was there. Yeah, uh, we'll talk. Well, I mean, you just <laughs> go right down through like the the statistics of the game. Wisconsin twenty six first downs. Eastern Michigan yeah. three. <laughs> Wisconsin five hundred and eighteen total yards. Eastern Michigan ninety two. <laughs> Wisconsin passed for 166, and in the majority of their offense was running the football. Eastern Michigan passed for 76 yards. Yeah. Wisconsin rushed for over 350 yards. Eastern Michigan rushed for 16. On 18 attempts. <laughs> Wisconsin <laughs> held the ball for over 40 minutes. Eastern Michigan just under 20. Man. Like, this game wasn't close at all. That final score was even way closer than what that game actually was. Yeah. Yeah. It was a dismantling. It's just... And I'm still a little bit uh, concerned about uh, Graham Mertz and that offense in the red zone when they're trying to hand the ball off. Oh, yeah. There was another fumble. Yeah, another he- fumble. What the hell is going on there? All right. We'll, we'll talk more about it. I got comments coming up from Trying the guys. Do granny style. All right. So we did a little bit of good with the Badgers. That was nice to see. You know, them cover. We were talking about that. Rowdy just ran down the stat sheet of how just dominant it was. How was it in person, RJ? I It was like it should be for a normal non conference game. Was it like. We had distractions because we could go party with the twins <laughs> and all the other listeners at the red zone. Like when you were, you were there in person at Camp Randall. Was it the game? Was it like I said? We had distractions. For you, was it entertaining or was it like workmanlike? No, I mean it's entertaining. You're still watching like a good defensive game. Yeah, shut him down. Um, Chesma Lucy was a beast. I mean, yeah, you you go for a shotgun slash pistol run first offense. It's not going to be working against Wisconsin. Okay, just not. You know, and 
I they didn't have the passing game to really make up for that that they couldn't. So it was entertaining. Really game. Let yards. me ask you this then: uh, We have a Twitter poll out right now at Zone Madison. How much? Uh, this is for everyone to answer. How much did you watch of the Packer game yesterday? One quarter, two quarter, three quarters, or the whole effing game? Uh, RJ, I will say that as uh, as entertaining as it was to see the defense be really good for Wisconsin, the running best do the thing. Whatever we saw yesterday in Jacksonville was the opposite of entertaining. I don't I don't even know yeah. how to describe it. How um, much did you watch of that game? I think I made it through three quarters. So you'd vote three quarters? I actually watched the U.S. Open men's tennis final. Over uh, Packers. Um, uh, Djokovic had a shot to do a, a calendar Grand Slam, which is uh, uh, you know, a yeah. rare feat, uh, which he, he did the not. Council he, came he out, the losing. council come out and pull him out of the game? He, I think he must have tapped him on the shoulder before his uh, that final started because he got. Uh, Council's like, don't uh, do I, it. I dude. believe it was straight sets. Craig Council, after taking Burns out from a no-no, said uh, up to uh, Djokovic, "Yeah, we're we're putting you down." Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Hey, come on, guys. Right, so, a couple things happening on Twitter. We're gonna get to the Brewers momentarily here, but on Twitter, how much did you watch of the Packers game yesterday? One quarter, two quarter, three quarter, four. I felt like Dr. Seuss. Right now. A lot of people saying three to four quarters. I subjected myself to the whole game. I am a glutton for punishment. RJ did three so, quarters. Three quarters religiously, and then back and forth between, because right now, uh, like the first two weekends or something like that, uh, DirecTV does the free preview of oh. Oh. of uh, Sunday Ticket. Sure. So... I was hopping around to games that weren't on local television. Oh wow! Uh, Rowdy at Hooters. We had all kinds of games yeah. on. Yeah, but uh, so I, I did. Hooters last stand. These times. <laughs> I was flipping through, going back and forth. Like I said, I watched the watched some tennis. Uh, See, it's funny because I went into Hooters and there's one tennis uh, screen on, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, who is coming to Hooters to watch tennis on Football Sunday? Get this off! Then there's just some jack dude in the corner, be like. What? There was one guy. He's like, well, I was kind of keeping an eye on it. Uh, so There's always that person. RJ, RJ watched three quarters. Rowdy, you subjected yourself to the whole game, essentially. I watched the whole game. I also watched the whole game. So there's that. Then also, hottest takes. Uh, what's the the main reason? Your one hottest take. Overreaction Monday of why the Packers lost. Uh, very A very convincing loss. The hands of the... They'll be a coin flip Saints. away from being the number one pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Speaking of the Jaguars, Trevor (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, I just read this stat. Trevor Lawrence, for the first time in his entire football playing career, high school, college, I think it even dates back even before high school as well. Lost a regular season game? Yep, the first loss he's ever experienced, ever. Regular season. Yep, ever. That's crazy. That is crazy. So your overreaction, uh, I saw people photoshopping Bozo the Clown's face on Aaron Rodgers' body. I swear to God, I saw that. Chicago legend, Bozo the Clown. I saw I saw the people saying Rodgers needs to, and heard on the show earlier today, that he needs, you're 37 years old, Rodgers, what the hell are you doing? Cut the man bun? You look like an idiot? Yeah. As a guy who rocked a man bun, I called it a samurai. Well, yeah, you didn't really have the man bun. It was like the little... It was like the little nub stick. Yeah. It was the sam- I called it a samurai. Yeah. I'll say, once you get your hair cut, it feels a lot better than having the... Uh, the ratty mess. Yeah. All right, but boys, Saturday. Here we go. Um, Saturday for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are absolutely crushing. They are incredible. They just swept the Cleveland Indians. And Saturday, Corbin Burns got a grip on history. Instead of him having his own history, he had to share it with a reliever, Josh Hader. So what happened? Burns and Hader... They pitched baseball's record ninth no-hitter this season. 
Did you hear the other stat? The other side of that? What? The Indians oh, are three the times. first team in history to be three, three, three no times no hit in one year. <laughs> Crazy. So Corbin Burns was pulled for Josh Hader, who came into the ninth, to have the team no hitter. Rowdy and I are at the red zone. We're watching, obviously, Wisconsin versus Eastern Michigan, and we're also keeping an eye on the Brewers. People, Some people tapped me on the shoulder. I think they tapped you on the shoulder too, Rowdy, right? And they said, did you see what Council just did? No, I came up and said that to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Rowdy did. And I said, what? And he goes, well, you you say Rowdy. What did you what did you say to me? Well, I I started getting a notification on my phone by about the sixth inning saying, "Hey, Corbin Burns is perfect. Corbin Burns is perfect." And then in, after the seventh inning, it goes, "Corbin Burns through seven innings perfect." And then it was, "Corbin Burns throws eight no hit innings." And then I was kind of just on Twitter. Yeah, well, it would have been seven no hit innings because um, he gave up the walk to start the seventh inning. Okay. Yeah. So, I, but yeah, I'm reading these right. and I'm like, okay, I, I he's had perfect. that on my phone too at the Badger he's, game. He's got a no hitter. Okay, he's through eight innings yeah. and there's still no hits. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, they're pulling him. And that's yeah. when Rowdy came to me. There's uh, and Rowdy, what'd you say to me? But essentially, Ebo. Council just this. did it again. Look, <laughs> look at this. He showed me a phone. I go, I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Burns had a no hitter going and Council sat him and Rowdy goes, yeah. There's a and my jaw hit the floor and we immediately started screaming. D bag of the week. There was a great Council. Uh, some people sitting a row in front of me at my th- two o'clock. Uh, if you're looking for directional, uh, yeah. that oh. were watching it because they like got a notice on their phone, so they started watching it. That came uh, yeah. Randall. Yeah. yeah. So. But it, this was like after jump around, so it was already a blowout. Um, but so turn like turns around, and he goes, um, "They took it. They took out birds." Yeah. Like what? Yeah. During the it goes, he's had 115 pitches, and they took him out. I was like, "What?" Yeah. Like for a no hitter. Yeah, they took him out. Yeah. They then, took him out. Yeah. Rowdy R.J. Burns struck out 14 with a career high 115 pitches over eight innings. Uh, took a perfect game into the seventh, and then, you know, the walk, like you said. And then uh, apparently according to – and I'll have comments coming up here momentarily from Corbin Burns after the game. But he said that he had to fight to get out to the eighth inning. So if he's fighting to get to the eighth inning, when he's already around upper 90, probably 100-some pitches, he's fighting to get out to the eighth inning. Why wasn't Rowdy – why wasn't the ninth on the table for him to complete history? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And this is not the like, first time. I don't time. have an answer. This isn't the first time this happened to Corbin Burns this year. Am I wrong? No. He Remember when he was chasing – now, this wasn't a no-hitter, but remember when he was chasing uh, Ben Sheets' strikeout record? Yeah. And he had 15 strikeouts through eight innings? Yep. yep. If I remember correctly, he was only right around 100 pitches then. Council didn't want that broken. And then there was at least one more time where he had a – a no hitter was that through six or seven, and he got pulled. What the f is? Then some people say this is a good decision. This is great. Well done on Craig Council. You sit him down. You don't want to risk it. You don't want to make his arm ineffective come postseason. Rowdy, let me ask you, and RJ, let me ask you this: Does pitching a a half inning? Does pitching a half inning make someone unhealthy? What if he throws his shoulder out? He could have done that shopping for groceries earlier in the day. You don't know that. Rowdy, does pitching a half <laughs> inning, it, 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 it could have been three pitches. It could have been. 
and it could have been 10, 20, you know, whatever. Rowdy. But at some point, if he gives, you let him give up that hit then. Yeah. Let if, let competitors let, compete. Let him lose it. Let competitors compete. Rowdy, 100 pitches. Is there some arbitrary number now for, for pitchers and majors, right? 100 pitches. And all of a sudden, if they get past 100, their arm might fall off. What? That's not the case, right? Like after 100 pitches, your arm doesn't fall off, does it, Rowdy? I've actually never seen any player's arm actually fall off. Yeah, <laughs> come on. You've seen some of those videos where you hear the snap of the elbow. <laughs> you see, you see. Am I wrong off. in saying I like seeing competitors compete? I like when guys make history. I like when guys can go out there to say, I put my work, my effort, everything I've done, my training to moments like these to be the best of the best at what I do. Is that wrong for me of wanting guys to showcase themselves and allow the work and training they put in to show everyone what they can do? Am I wrong in thinking that? Well, I just don't get that. We've seen in the past Craig Council take out Corbin Burns, we'll just say, for example, when he's like around 90 pitches, like after like five or six innings. Like we've seen that before. If he's able to talk himself into going out there for the eighth inning and he's sitting around 100 pitches going into that eighth inning, Mm -hmm. he exits the eighth inning still unscathed, still hasn't given up a hit, and he's at 115. If you were going to let him go out there for the eighth inning, I don't get why you're not letting him go out there for the ninth inning. Exactly. Burns, after the game, said he had If you were going to hold to your real principles and you were going to stick there, he wouldn't have went out for the eighth. That's true. We'll have comments from Burns coming up. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? What's up, boys? Hey, Bale. What's up, brother? So, so first I'm going to say, Ebo, you're not wrong. You know, we grew up, well, I'm older than you, but we grew up in a spot where you went out, you played the game. Now they've got pitch counts. They, they determined before the game even started how many pitches are going to be allowed. I agree with Rowdy. Um, if you're going to let them go out for the eighth, why not let them at least start the ninth? Yeah. But – if it's, if it's one thing I've learned in my life in 47 years is someone's always going to have ish to say. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. Either way, if he goes out there, he, he blows his elbow out, needs Tommy John surgery or something like that. Well, why? I, I get they still had him in there, but really he was over his pitch count. So council can't win no matter what. But yeah, I do no, agree. He can win. He, can win. They, he lets him go out and pitch and make history, and then we all celebrate. Right, right. Yeah, you, you, a little boy, he probably dreamed of that moment. Like, you at least want to be able to start it, you know? Yeah. Yank him if you have to in the ninth inning, but at least let him start it. Let him, let him. <laughs> Thank you, Polly. And I love seeing Greasy Sharon Rogers. I think he started smoking weed. Well, have you ever seen? I mean, I remember the relaxed thing, but well, like, he looked really relaxed for someone who just got their ass handed to him. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, – Polly, I mean, you're a Bears fan. Um, Justin Fields, by the way, got in for a little bit. You're a Bears fan, though, Polly. but seeing what happened with the Packers, who took the worst loss out of everyone in the NFC North, how did that make you feel? It makes me feel pretty good. Um, I, I, I got to say, I, I didn't really even watch most of the Bears game. I was kind of flipping back and forth. Um, but from what I gather, the Bears actually played pretty well, even though it was a 34-14. Yeah. Um, you know, they had an interception in the end zone, two blown coverages, didn't touch the guy when he was down. So, well, here, here know, Paul, the, the, the interception in the end zone, that's just Andy Dalton carrying the long and storied tradition of Chicago Bears quarterbacks. He's just carrying on think, tradition. I think Fields is um, – I think the, the way is paid for Fields now. I think Dalton – I just think they didn't want to put him out there 
against Aaron Donald and the Rams defense with that offensive line. Yeah. So now I think we'll see more of him. As far as the Packers go, Aaron Rodgers is right. I got to agree with Greaseball. It, it is a long season. They're probably going to end up twelve and five. <laughs> I got to agree with Greaseball. That's funny. They're probably going to end up twelve and five, eleven and six. Yeah. Like, did you catch though? He goes. Uh, they said, yeah. Um, Lafleur said it was uh, uh, embarrassing or disgraceful or whatever. And Aaron Rodgers, what did he say? He goes, I'll let him use those words. Yep, exactly, exactly. He's like, uh, but whatever. Anyways, I think it was a great loss. <laughs> bad. I, I feel bad for the Brewers pitcher because he's been thinking that way since he was a little boy. I want to throw mm-hmm. a no hitter. You got to give the guy a yeah. chance. Oh, we had a damn good time uh, Friday with Truly for the pre pregame at Whiskey Jacks. Uh, off this week, Wisconsin not playing. They get the little bye week. Then they're uh, at Soldier Field next week taking on Jack Cohn and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Jack Cohn leading uh, Notre Dame. Jack Cohn was benched. He was benched for one series. Benched and then came back in and lead the game-winning drive. Was it over Toledo, Rowdy? Is what who Notre Dame beat? And yeah. He came, so he got his finger popped out. Yeah. They had to pop it back in, and he comes back and then instantly throws the what would be the game-winning touchdown to beat Toledo. But if you look ahead here, He was not looking good, by the way, though, before that. Badgers are off. Yep. They have the bye week. Notre Dame's got to play Purdue. Only laying seven against Purdue. Wow. So the Big Ten right now, Rowdy. I think it's pretty evident that Notre Dame's defense, not, not very good. Not good. Is the Big Ten not good? We'll have to talk about this coming up. I want to get into the Packers momentarily, but is the Big Ten not good? Oregon takes down Ohio State. <sighs> wow. Um, I think he, it depends on how you define good. Is is Iowa the best team in the Big Ten right now? Or if, Penn State? According to the rankings, it would be Iowa. Wow. Wow. Uh, we'll talk some of that coming up. But uh, something that was not good at all, downright ugly, brutal, putrid, disgusting, uh, vomit in my mouth as I'm watching it. I'm almost talking about it. I'm like almost dry heaving here. The Green Bay Packers in offense, not ready. A defense, overwhelmed. A coaching staff, dominated. Rowdy, what the hell happened in Jacksonville as Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, and the Green Bay Packers get absolutely manhandled by Jameis Winston, Sean Payton, and New Orleans Saints? That was bad. Like, yeah, and another bad, thing, bad. another thing that was, uh, we played some Jameis Winston comments earlier or later in the week last week, uh-huh. where he was talking about how they were going to try and round up all of their Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida fans. Yep, and hopefully they all can make it to the game in Jacksonville, and they were going to try to make it like a home game. I would say I thought it looked like a pretty even crowd. But that just makes it even worse. That means you essentially played on a neutral field. Yeah, not a lot you, of people there. And you got smoked. So thir- I think they said there's 36,000 people there. Did you see like the bowl, like the end zone areas? There was not a lot of people. Well, but you got smoked. You got you got annihilated. You, you see a lot of the media making a big deal about how the Packers, oh, they avoided the Superdome once again. That's two times in a row they haven't had to play at the Superdome. Didn't it didn't matter. even matter didn't yesterday. Matter. That matter. was a neutral field if I've ever seen a neutral field. And you got smoked. I mean, that was 2018 Aaron Rodgers. That was one of the worst performances I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers have. That was when he was trying to get Mike McCarthy fired, Aaron Rodgers. Terrible. Rodgers, who didn't play a single snap in preseason, atrocious in his first action of 2021. 36.8. That was the third lowest pass rating of his career in a game he started. 
15 to 28, 133 yards and two picks. This stat, this stat is I don't I don't know why this stat exists or how it even figures out this way, but Rodgers threw the ball 28 times. If Rodgers instead with a quarterback rating at 36.8, if Rodgers instead threw all of those 28 passes into the ground, he would have finished with a higher quarterback rating of 39.58. I don't know how that ha- I don't know how that works, but it does, I guess. All right, we'll t- I got some comments coming up from number 12, LaFleur as well. Let's go to the phones quick. Who's this? It's Hawkeye. If you say Hawkeye, Hawkeye three times in a row, it's like Candyman. I'll just magically well, appear. Isn't Candyman, you got to say five times, Beetlejuice is three? I think it's three, isn't it? I don't know. For Candyman, I'm not sure. I just I watched know, the trailer the other day because I was wondering if I wanted to see the movie or not. I think they said five times, but I didn't care enough to go see it, so I don't know for a fact, Hawkeye. All right, so if you guys ever say Hawkeye five times, I'll just magically appear. Hawkeye, I'll, Hawkeye, I'll Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. <laughs> Yeah, hey, it's Hawkeye. What's up, brother? I'm 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 okay so far. I mean, every year we always find a way uh, as a Hawkeye fan to uh, sort of, you know, um, uh, pee the bed or whatever you want to call it. We lose the week before, or the week after, you know, and, and we usually lose to some college like Quick Trip University, <laughs> you know, some horrible, just you know. Hey, like but, well, the way college. Quick Trip is on the trajectory now, they might open up their own college sooner than later. They, they, they might, but uh, you know, again, I, we're flying under the radar. I'll, I'll take where we're at right now, and I'll leave it at that. I, I called in. I, I, I wanted to talk a little about the Packers because you talked about you know having vomit, uh, you know, and 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 sort of not feeling good as a Packer fan right now. Um, I watched that, and I mean, now first let me preface this by saying, let look as a Bears fan, look, we didn't do any better, all right? But it wasn't you, bet, you as, scored more points than the Packers, Hawkeye. I'll say that. Uh, the way we opened up, I mean, everything was laid on a platter for us, and we somehow found a way to screw that up. That's for another day. But, I, I you know, the Packer thing is I, I get a kick out of it for this reason. Um, they were so bad. And let me, let, me, let me say this as well. I respect Matt LaFleur. He came to the podium. He owned it. He addressed it. And he was a man. Aaron, on the other, ha- on the other hand, uh-oh. If you listen to the soundbite, go back and listen to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like he's enjoying it. You can hear the little smug little smirk under his he, uh, whatever. You can you can hear it. He loves the fact that he knows that he has the Packer Nation under his thumb. Didn't the Rolling Stones do that song right under my thumb? Yeah. He has the entire organization under his thumb. You know why? Because look, without Aaron or an Aaron we trust, they don't have anything. So he has a bad game. They come out, they, they they pee the bed or whatever, they look horrible. Now I was like, Aaron, we need you, we need you to bounce back. Whatever. So he, he gets a dose of, what's the best medicine that you could get next week? You get the Lions at home, right? Yeah. So he comes out, he's a world beater next week, and everybody's like, oh, my God, we love you, Aaron, you're so good to us, or whatever. If he falls on his face, you know what's going to happen? Packer Nation is going to turn their back on him, and they are going to crucify there him. There they have. Hawkeye, I've seen, I've seen them uh, photoshopping Bozo the Clown's face on his body now. But that's what you get when you don't want to show up for preseason. That's what you get when you don't want to when you don't want to put in all the work during the summer. When you want to go hide away on an island and you want to you know play some romantic comedy or whatever. You know, at least when he had with Danica Patrick or whatever, that was a that was a a getaway for him to be able to play in those games because she was such a taskmaster. Master. He was thinking about just uh, he was focused. His girlfriend now he doesn't know you know what he's doing. And also, let me say this: the reason why they got thumped so hard, it's a very simple formula. It's because the Saints got kicked out of their home. They didn't have any distractions. They were 100% focused. Sean Payton got them away from all the distractions. They got dialed in, and they laid it on the Packers. Yeah. And for all those Packer fans out there that don't understand what reality is, 
That's what reality is. It just bit him in the ass, even though Aaron Rodgers can't say that word. Well, we got our you-know-what sticks. Just say it, Aaron. Just say it. Hawkeye, man, nice phone call, dude. It's, it's been a while. You came back strong, dude. I, I'm always strong, brother. <laughs> that's, that's true. Hawkeye, we love you. We love you, man. All right, man. See you, buddy. Man, that was a strong call from Hawkeye right there. Ooh-wee. Uh, let's see here. Paulie also says Rodgers did sound amused on the podium yesterday. Let's, let's listen to it then. Matt LaFleur said that the game was embarrassing. Here's what Rodgers said in return. I mean, I'm, I'll let him use those words, and I'll use uh, it's just one game. You know, we played bad. I played bad. Offensively, we didn't execute very well. Uh, one game. We got 16 to go. Rowdy, I know the NFL is, is, you know, week by week basis, right? One game means a lot, though, in the NFL, right? Yeah, and, like, obviously I agree with lose Matt LaFleur. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It, it was. was embarrassing. It was ter- It was hard to watch. But also you you have to agree with Aaron Rodgers. They've looked that bad before under Matt LaFleur in those particular games, some out east, some out west. But at the same time, I can't believe Aaron Rodgers just can't say, yeah, we looked horrible. All right, it so was embarrassing. Here's more from Rodgers. Rodgers was asked, do, do you just do you bury it and dismiss a lopsided loss like this? Here's number 12. I don't know if we ever bury and dismiss even when we'd like to. Uh, you know, we'll evaluate the film like we always do and, and be critical and then move on. What's there to evaluate? You sucked ass. Yeah. Like, you know what I start actually, to finish, you suck I don't ass. think they're going to look at the tape. I When I was sitting there and it was in the fourth quarter and they, the Saints just kept pouring on more and more scores, I was sitting there and the exact thing that I was thinking was, I think this is a game where you burn the tape and you never watch it. Yeah, just burn it. Be done with it. And just, I don't think you, you want to go back and relive that. What I know I don't. What good are you going to get of watching that? Everyone looked like poo, like doo-doo, besides... Corey Bajorquez, the new punter. Uh, Rodgers also talks, though, why couldn't their offense get on track after looking so crisp in camp? Yeah, you know, when a team's going to play that much two-shell, uh, you got to be able to run the ball. And, you know, we didn't run it that effectively. Uh, I think we came in thinking they're going to pressure us a bunch like they did last time. But last time, you know, we had uh, Allen, MVS, and Swerve. And this time, you know, we had some different uh, skill guys, obviously Devontae being back. So they really didn't pressure us a whole lot. Um, it was a lot of uh, a lot of two-show. And they kind of held up with their front, uh, front four, front six. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're the reigning MVP. You're one of the best throwers of the football ever in the history of the NFL. And what he did yesterday, Rowdy, was not Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what that was out there. Am I off on something? But who the hell is Swerve? I was I kind of wondering that too. I kind of I've gonna, never heard anyone call anyone Swerve before. I was just gonna kind of brush by it because I'm not <laughs> sure either. Uh, something I'm not gonna brush by though: those two interceptions from Aaron Rodgers, dude. Rowdy, those picks by Rodgers. What the hell was that? Well, that that uh, second one where he threw it really deep and it got picked off into double coverage. I thought to myself at first, eh. This kind of just looks like a, you know, a chance at a better punt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this could potentially be better than a punt. Well, then the guy all of a sudden bring, brings it back down in, what was it, to like the 20-ish yard yeah, line or so. Right like he, he returned it super far into Packers territory. And I go, well, well I guess um, 
That's like Aaron the Packers special teams. Aaron Rodgers forgets that J.K. Scott's gone, and this guy's punted pretty well. Also, that's something where Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. He's not in the business of saying, well, me throwing a pick is better than probably no. J.K. Scott kicking last you go, year. Bohorquez, get your ass out there yeah. and punt this ball. Yeah, he's a stat guy. We know that he's a stat guy. We know that that he knows about his stats and in the games. He's never been a, this is going to be better than a punt thing. Yeah. Never. Never. So I don't get what that was. That was just terrible. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hear from Rogers. You want to hear from Rogers about his two interceptions? What, what, what would say you, number 12? Yeah, the second one was, uh, you know, we are backed up and um... – had Devontae on a cut split running a high corner. Felt like that was going to hold the safety. We had kind of set up that play for a while, that combination uh, where they're playing kind of a triangle coverage on the, on the two receivers to the strong side. And I just Okay, but here's what he's going to do. He's, he's going to bore the reporters to death with a bunch of football jargon. And that then, they can't understand. Yeah, and then they're going to be like, oh, oh, yeah, you're right, King Rogers. You know, didn't get my eyes back to the safety. My initial look, I thought, was holding him backside. And because Devontae was inside, I figured he was going to hang back there a little bit more. The first one was obviously the play of the game uh, that kind of swung things big time. 17-3, you know, we score there at 17-10. I probably should have just thrown it to Jonesy and moved on to third down. Um, Pre-snap, I was thinking about maybe giving Devontae a different route. You know, stepped up in the pocket, uh, took a shot kind of right as I was throwing it. And, you know, Wish I would have thrown that one away or just thrown it to Jonesy right away because obviously that changed the game, turned the game. I also saw – so, I mean, we've been talking about – Everything's fine. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers and and some of the Matt LaFleur comments back and forth about, you know, it was embarrassing versus it was one game or this is why I made the – this is why an interception happened. This is what I thought was going to play out. But there was another thing on the defensive side of the football that I saw yesterday, and it was actually from our guy Mike Clemens. It was one of his tweets. Mike's going to join us at 930, by the way. And the tweet that was very alarming, it had to do with the Saints offense versus the Joe Barry and the Green Bay Packers defense. Uh And and the tweet by Mike was, in the Uh second quarter on fourth and seven, the Saints threw a screen uh, to the right to Jawan Johnson for a 12-yard gain. Sean Payton afterwards says that it was something he saw in the Rams game from last year when predicting what defensive coordinator Joe Barry would do as in be in zone in that type of situation. Barry's already figured out. So basically it looks like uh, Joe Barry has already been figured out from some of the stuff that he did in uh, L.A. with the Rams just a year ago. And Sean Payton was there to recognize it, and they used it to end up coming up with a wide-open play wow. and scoring that uh, second touchdown of the game. Nope. That's pretty nerve-wracking because he was brought in to, to be, be better than Mike Patton. That's better than Mike Patton. Because what did the the Packers add on defense? They didn't add a whole lot. They I mean, brought they back draft. Kevin King. Yep. They added Eric Stokes. I mean, you brought in a, a few different guys on the defensive Hope line it. that were drafted and or undrafted. Hoping Rashawn agents. Gary makes the next step. You well, know, the you Smith brothers in, are, you know, Devondre, uh, you brought in Devondre Campbell at middle linebacker. But other than that, you let go of Kamal Martin. But that linebacker, inside yeah. linebacker is relatively the same. The outside linebackers are relatively the same. Yeah. Again, you brought in Slayton and a couple new guys on that defensive line, but it's relatively the same. You brought in Eric Stokes, but outside of that, it's relatively the same. Same thing with the safety position. So it's basically 
the entire team is is nearly the same as Mike Pettin. But, uh, through, but there's no Mike Pettin. Yeah, through a small sample size of one game, Mike Pettin's looking like the better DC right you now. You think Mike Pettin was laughing his ass off yesterday? They say, he who laughs last laughs best. Well, I also just hope that this doesn't come to fruition either. The fact that Green Bay didn't even get their, well, it, this did happen. They didn't even get their first choice when it comes to no. defensive coordinator because that guy choice. still coaches as a DC in Wisconsin, Jimmy Leonard, yep. who was dominant again uh, Saturday. Did, did they freak out and just say, well, who the hell are we going to hire? Oh, oh, the guy that went 0-16 with the Lions. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 100 125% bonuses with the promo code the zone 125 you bet you win you get paid betus.com brewers just in fuego the hottest team one of the hottest teams in baseball continue to just absolutely crush uh and i wanted to talk to this guy about uh something obviously the brewers and the playoffs looming and how they're just dominating the nl central and again one of the best teams in baseball but we welcome in andrew wagner andrew wagner good morning how are we doing today my friend forbes.com Oh, we're doing great. We woke up to do a radio show, wanted to get our coffee, and discover we can go swimming. We now have an indoor pool in the basement hey, this morning. A lot of people kill for that, man. That's going to have that property value go up for you, man. That's, that's some good stuff Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Put that bad boy in the market, you'll get even more now with that pool you got down there. Why did Why did Matt LaFleur not let Corbin Burns go out there uh for the second half yesterday, it might have been a different result against now, the uh, now, uh, Andrew. Andrew, one second, one one second here, Andrew. Andrew Wagner joining us right now. Andrew, r- rumor is that uh, now Nelly and I were at Hooters actually. Uh, Hooters last stand on the east side. We're at Hooters, only one left in Wisconsin, uh, watching some football. The rumor is that if you were at Hooters with us, you would have told the waitress to put on a turtleneck. The rumor is that if Led Zeppelin, when they were doing Stairway to Heaven, you would have told Jimmy Page to sit down and not finish that solo. You would have told Leonardo da Vinci to put down the paintbrush when he's trying to do the final strokes on the Mona Lisa. You would have told Michelangelo to not finish the Sistine Chapel. Is that true or false? I, I wouldn't have told them anything because contrary to popular belief, I don't care. <laughs> I, just want, I just want the game done so I can file my story and go home and have a cocktail and let my dog out. So you would you won't tell Jimmy Page to finish you know Stairway to Heaven you would tell Michelangelo to finish Leonardo da Vinci you would have you would have slapped slapped the pencil on a Beethoven's hand as he's finishing before, the Moonlight Sonata. Before I get lit up on the Twitch chat, I just want to say let the dog out is not a euphemism. I literally have a dog who needs to go out sometimes, so that's <laughs> that um, clear at nine o'clock on a Monday morning. So I don't mean to come at you this fast with all this like artsy fartsy stuff, but uh, I was a little miffed that uh, Corbin Burns wasn't allowed to finish that complete game on Saturday. I think you were miffed. I think everyone on Twitter was miffed. I think everyone in the United States was was miffed. Listen, I think Corbin Burns and even Craig Council were miffed. But at the end of the day, they've got bigger things in mind, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I understand the angst. I understand the anger. This is just the way the game is played now. And whether you like it or not, that's just the way it is. He was at 115 pitches. And whether he's going to admit it or not, fatigue starts to set in. And sure, adrenaline can get you through it. 
But listen, adrenaline is what can ruin guys' arms, and we saw that. I, I know you're going to say apples and oranges, but when you're going out there and you're tired but you're overly amped up, that's, ask John Axter what happened. You know, one pitch. <laughs> John, John Axter. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, was one pitch. Pl- okay, sorry. One pitch. One pitch. The Brewers paid one dollar. The Brewers, hey, the Brewers paid one dollar for John Axford. But in the grand scheme of things, do you want to risk it when when you have the first legitimate chance since 1982 (laughs) to not just get to a World Series but to win a World Series? Are you going to risk anything at that point? A a no hitter against the Cleveland Indians uh, in in early September is that worth more to you than 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 you know going to a World Series? I would have respected this argument a little bit more if you would have came up with someone other than John Axford. <laughs> no, I, well, no, no, no. I mean, in the terms of the guy came out, you know, I, yeah, I get it. He's not, one dollar. Like if I comes wanted out, to know how my up, dad he throws one pitch and he's got a Tommy John. When I that, think that's of, what I'm saying. When I think of John Axford in his elbow, if I wanted to know what an old man's elbow feels like after throwing a few <clears> pitches, <throat> I would have went out and played catch with my dad and then asked him the next day, oh, "Hey, have a, have a catch with pop." Hey, you think you can go again? Now I'm probably going to get an answer and say Tommy absolutely John's not. No, no age. I mean, Tommy John's no, no age, man. Like, do you, do you want to risk it? Do you want? I mean, yes. The guy, the I guy like, is. Hey, I like competitors competing. I like guys that put in the work in their craft, and then to have them have accolades and show people this is what I'm all about. Look at this no hitter mf'er. Well, but you know, and, and to that point, and this is the argument that I kept making time and time again on Twitter. You know, yeah, Corbin Burns pitched a gem that night. He struck out 14. But you no know, hitters are – what's the line in, uh, in, in Bull Durham where, where that idiot Costner is yelling at Nuke Lelouch, throw some ground balls, you know, strikeouts or strikeouts or, or, or socialist or whatever, fascist or whatever. You know, no hitter, despite the pitcher being on the mound, is not – a solitary effort. Okay, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. And you look. Hold, hold on here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna light you up a little bit. Okay, okay, okay. I'll sit forth. back. I'll sip some coffee. You but light like, me up. I'll sit back. Sip you know, you, you, you people are sitting there talking about how oh, this is Burns' gem and Burns' doing. Well, okay, fine. Burns did. He pitched phenomenally. But is it a no hitter if Lorenzo Kane is one step too slow on getting to that fly ball in the seventh? Is it a no hitter combined or otherwise if Jace Peterson doesn't chase that pop up into the stands in, in the ninth inning? Is it a no-hitter if, you know, the Brewers don't jump out to an early lead and allow Corbin to be on the attack the entire game? Is it a no-hitter if Omar Navarez doesn't execute the game plan to a T and put down the right fingers at just the right times, time and time again? Like, it's a group effort. We, the pitcher gets the credit, but it's a group effort. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. If Corbin Burns was allowed to have the no-hitter, would you say that's legendary? What do you mean? Like, would you say that was a legendary performance? Wouldn't it be the second one for the Brewers? Wouldn't it be legendary? Yeah. Okay. 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 With that. Okay. Legendary. Heroes get remembered. Andrew Wagner. Legends never die. Legends never die. Corbin Burns could add immortality. And you robbed him of it. You robbed him of it. I didn't make the call. Sorry. Council robbed him of it. Yeah, blame counsel. Don't blame me. But <laughs> no, look, I, we can sit here and get all cranky, but at the end of the I'm day, not, they I'm, just having fun. I'm just having fun. Well, I just feel like you got to live in the here and the now because when you don't, that's when that's when things. Uh, it's so frustrating because 
Corbin Burns, <laughs> though we've seen it multiple times this year, being in this type of situation, could potentially never be in that that situation again. He could also potentially go out and, and start and by pitch number four in his next start, blow out his elbow and never really ever get healthy again. And plus, if we're throwing out scenarios and what ifs, I mean, Corbin Burns could be in that exact situation in a year, but Lorenzo Cain is definitely going to be a step slower because we've already fair. seen the decline. Fair. Fair. So, well, so being fair Kane, to your point, is, next year I don't know looked, if he makes it. Have you looked at his numbers lately? Like Corbin, or excuse me, not yeah, Corbin. Yeah, Cain's in flight lately. Kane is, yeah, that's... Man, they're they're clicking on all. Andrew, things. Andrew, like, I'm just th- I just love this. Was I was like looking forward to because like I think we were messaging on Saturday and a little yesterday. <laughs> like I've been looking forward to this day uh, to oh, talk yeah. to you because I'm like I had so many just singers in there that at the end of the day, like is it meaningless? Sure, maybe it's just fun to argue about. I would say to to your point about everyone clicking, I think you can pretty much say everyone is playing well right now except for like Jackie Bradley Jr. offensively. Oof. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, Jackie Bradley Jr. Offensively, I still, I still think he's going to come up with one of those, those Niger Morgan like moments between now and and the playoffs. You know, where they don't win a game without something that he does. But man, that is, he's just in it. He is in the deep stuff right now, and it's it's painful to watch at times. Like great, he's still able to contribute defensively. Like you know, a late inning defensive replacement, like you saw the other night. Bat never hurts, but. Man, that's a tough go. That is a tough, tough go. But other than that, I mean, there's really nothing that you can nitpick. I mean, you have guys like Manny Pena who struggled behind uh, to swing the bat, but behind the plate, he's been phenomenal. And he's not been asked to do much offensively because Omar Narvaez has played so many games because he's swung the bat so well. And he comes out and hits two-run shots. And there's there's really nothing else you can nitpick Besides a manager, who yeah, takes you, don't, out his you, guy people, you know people are gonna find something that picked. Yeah, no like not letting what. Corbin Burns, <laughs> not letting the Corbin Burns become a legend. Hey, can I? Just, I'm just gonna say this. Can I say the two things real quick on the Corbin Burns thing? Then we'll move on and talk the greatness of the Brewers. Sure, Leon. It's your show. What the hell do I care? Well, you're a, you're a guest. I'm very welcoming. I, you know, mi casa su casa. Uh, Leon Cador of the Brooklyn Dodgers pitched once a 26 inning game. He threw 360 pitches. His arm never fell off. And Andrew, Do we know Wagner. that could he write? Could he write his name? Well, by the time? I, okay, I have another one that I can that well, I know for a to fact. Be, to be fair, though, Andrew, at that time in uh, world history, who knows if he could write his name, whether his arm or his hand was true. good or not? That's true. But I know it's, this one for him. The argument I hear all the time. Oh, back in my day. Well, hang, hang on, hang on. How about this? Forty innings. I know for a fact that this guy's uh, arm did not fall off. In 1974, on June 14th, Nolan Ryan threw 235 pitches. He went on to play from then all the way till 1993. Nolan Ryan was a damn robot. Both arms. Robot. He actually pitched like he was, he was he was like Barry the Cyborg on Archer. <laughs> I think he pitched like six or seven more years after a doctor said, "Hey, you're probably going to need Tommy John surgery," and he's like, "No, yeah. I'm just going to keep going." He just goes, "No." He, pro- and he probably punched no. that doctor in his face with his pitching arm, and then went and you know had a cigarette and donut sandwich and threw a complete yeah. game. Back when men were men, Andrew Wagner. By the way, so yeah, that's how I love the arguments of like old time baseball, and I always remind people, well, back in the old days, a guy would pitch twenty innings. I'm like, yeah, and back in the old days, guys who looked like Lorenzo King weren't allowed to play. So, what are you trying to say? Well, we're going with Nolan Ryan right here, two hundred and thirty six pitches, and he probably went and kicked someone's ass later that night too. Yep. 
I mean, we'll look at CC back in, in 2008. The guy threw seven complete games down the stretch with the Brewers. It's just, it's just not the same game. And, again, people complain all they want about it. It's fine. That's, that's what sports and Twitter is for, complaining. But <laughs> at some point, you got to accept this is not what baseball is anymore. Guys are not going out there I need a real manager. pitches and throwing nine innings. I need yeah. a real manager. Jim LaFever. Hell yeah. Well, I know the Brewers can get away with this, but if if you're going to limit number of pitches and you're going to limit number of starts, especially coming off a 2020 season, I think since they do have the depth, going to that six-man rotation versus five and letting your guys go into the sixth and seventh inning is way more of a thumbs up for me than than the yeah. old Chase Anderson, hey, you hit four and a half, you know, five innings, we're getting you out of yeah, there. we got him from here. Buddy. Right. We and they, they have that ability. To, now, that, that six-man rotation kind of screwed things up this week because you've got those two off days, and and they had an off day, uh, was it Thursday, too? So, you know, sometimes it can burn you. They're going to have to – Corbin Burns can go like an entire week without pitching, which I know – just adds in the whole, why didn't he go out there and pitch the nine? Rabble, 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 rabble. Exactly. Right. Let me ask you this then, brother. Let's talk about the greatness of the Milwaukee Brewers. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the Brewers swept the Indians. Like, we're just... Yeah, if, your biggest, if your biggest gripe this season, <laughs> if your biggest gripe this entire season is Corbin Burns not pitching the ninth of a combined no-no, I'd say things are going pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I want a real manager. Actually, though, if they don't win at all, and not, we've now yeah. seen multiple pitchers get pulled, and obviously there was no no-hitter or yeah. no individual no-hitter, I think we're going to have to throw uh, CC back up there for um, D-Bag. Yeah, Craig Council was nominated for D-Bag of the Week uh, when he pulled Burns, and we second yeah, and third. So it's So he's <laughs> he's, he's, not, he's not winning, he's just going to be part of the vote on Friday. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll if there's a D-Bag of the Year, maybe. Yeah, so. yeah, there is. There's a D-Bag of the Year tournament. It's like March Madness style. Hey, Andrew. Hey, would you believe it if I told you I finished in the top four one yeah, time? Rowdy was in the futile four once. I hope I make that group. I've got to believe I'm up there. Well, I mean, Especially with what you my... said last time you were on, disparaging spotted cow, fish fries, brandy, everything, you might you might make a play. And Graham Mertz. <laughs> and Graham Mertz. All right, Andrew, the Brewers are 34 games up, or 34 games above 500, and 14 up of the Reds, first place in the NL Central. This is the most the Brewers have ever been above 500. Yes, 34 games. This is... yeah. And I think this most is the biggest they've, most they've, they've ever been had. above 500, most biggest division lead. And again, all of it means, and this is the thing, all of it means nothing if they don't go to the World Series this year. Yeah, I was going to say, is it World Series or bust? I absolutely think so. And that's not, and this is like the argument that we kind of got into with the Badgers, you know, where, where it's not un, un, unworthy expectations or unrealistic expectations, but this is arguably one of the best teams in baseball, maybe the best team. I mean, from top to bottom, by far one of the best pitching units they have in the game. The offense is just crushing right now. And it doesn't matter who they're coming against. Yeah, I know Cleveland's not the best team in the world, so putting up you know 20 runs in two games, okay, whatever. They're, they are playing some of the best baseball we've seen from this team, from this franchise, in at least 30 years. That's so incredible. I think anything short of the, the World Series, should be considered a disappointment. Man. Failure, maybe not, but disappointment, absolutely. Because you go back to 2008, and you're like, man, you just, oh, we want to get there, we want to get there. You go back to 2011, you knew that Prince was leaving, you knew they went out and they made those moves for Grinky and Markham, and you're like, okay, we're going to get to the playoffs, we're going to get to the playoffs. But there was never any, like, expectation of going deep. 
this year you're like, hey, man, this, this team is good. Like, you look at the way they stack up against the Giants and the way they stack up against the Dodgers, you're like, hey, okay, you know what? This, this, team, this team's got a shot. And it truly does have a shot because they've got the number one recipe for winning in the postseason. That's stud pitching. Yeah, you know, all those incredible. years you watch and you hear about Scherzer and you hear about Kershaw and you hear about, you know, Grinky and all these guys. And you're like, hey, man, the Brewers got these guys. You know, they got the three guys. Hauser's been on fire. Eric Lauer's been on fire lately. Brett Anderson hasn't cost you the game when he's actually in there. And then you get a lead and you hand it off to that bullpen. Boom, good night. Oh, good night, Michelle. Andrew, I got a little Led Zeppelin stereo to have in play. I'm glad that you didn't tell Jimmy Page not to do the solo because it is the best part of that song. I'm glad he didn't cut his that artiste short or a Craig. No stairway. Denied. Denied. <laughs> No stairway, man. Did that. Uh, real quick, your uh, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and his performance for the Packers yesterday? <laughs> I loved it. Hey, you know, you know who didn't look like crap yesterday? Joe Burrow. Oh yeah, you're that's guy. all I got. That's there all is. I got. I loved it. I loved watching Aaron Rodgers just go out there and stink it up. Go back to playing the ukulele and hosting Jeopardy, Aaron. I'm on the Jordan Love bus all the way. Hey, yeah, well, maybe it's love's time. And, Andrew, enjoy your uh, your newfound pool in your basement. Bring a towel and bring some what's your It's in your house. You can do it in the buff, I guess. Have fun in yeah. your pool. I'm watching the uh, animals from the zoo down the street lining up in pairs, so it's going to be a day. It's like when Homer and, uh, gets a pool and he starts charging kids to go in. It's, uh, it's the summer of the late summer of Andrew Wagner. Just don't break your arm, okay? Nice. See you, boys. See you, buddy. Here's the, here's the uh, solo club. There he is, Andrew Wagner. Good stuff there. Forbes.com. Buy Andrew Wagner on Twitter. On second down, aired out, Deontay Harris. He's got it. Touchdown. Another for Winston. Got to give the Saints all the credit in the world. They came ready to play. Uh, absolutely embarrassed us today. And uh, you can't do that against a well-coached and quality football team. Our guys are going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror. It starts with myself. Obviously, didn't get these guys ready to play ball. And that's what happens when you, when you go out there and play like that against a good football team. So give the Saints all the credit. They came ready to play, had a great plan, and executed. Embarrassing. We welcome in Mike Clemens. Mike, the song playing here is Soundgarden, Rusty Cage. In the song, they say, I'm going to break my rusty cage and run. The Packers did not do anything but break that rusty cage. They stayed in that rusty cage, Mike, and looked like crap. They didn't do anything. Mike Clemens from Jacksonville. What's up, brother? When Sorry, when I had to get that on my chest. When these things are happening, what I'm looking for is, I mean, my God, you got Aaron Rodgers on the field, and you got a pretty smart coach in Matt LaFleur. And I'm, I'm looking for, you know, there's, there's timeouts. They're on the sidelines. They've got a halftime. What can they do to change the momentum? I don't know, gadget play? Something, you know? Uh, what can you do to just steer this aircraft carrier in a different direction? And it just never came. And on top of that, you know, the Saints, they came out with energy. They played hard. Two things that I – I thought this would be a game like last year's. What was that, 37-30 down in the Superdome? You know, the Saints would come to play. I thought the Saints would come energized and play for their fans back in Louisiana. And I, but I also know that Sean Payton is a heck of a smart coach. And I asked LaFleur about those two things, uh, you know, about uh, Sean Payton as a head coach. He goes, 
yeah, he's a good coach. I mean, you know, Drew Brees goes down, he wins five games with Teddy Bridgewater. The other thing I asked LaFleur was this. How do you keep in contact with your defensive players as an offensive-minded coach? Do you sit in the defensive meetings? He said, you know, you'll see me out there during practice talking to the guys during warm-ups, and, and, you know, certainly we address them during the team meetings and whenever I get a chance, but there really isn't time in the day for me to sit in those defensive meetings when you're the play caller. Those were his words. Because there's something wrong with the defense on this team, and that's, that's why, for one reason, the time of possession in the first half was just stupid. What the Saints had the ball 22, 23 minutes to seven minutes for the Packers. The Packers only ran like 12 plays, was it, in the first half? So we asked Matt LaFleur after the game, how were the Saints able to dominate the time of possession? Turnovers, penalties, lack of execution, can't get off the grass on defense. I think there was, uh, before that two-minute drive, we had 12 plays on offense. Um, they're up 17 nothing, and... We go down and you're feeling good getting three points to make it a two-possession game. And then you start out the second half, you move the ball and you get down there and, you know, we have the turnover. Mike, I mean, what positive did the Packers even do? Uh, I thought Jared Love moved the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, the punter, Corey Bajorquez, looked good, I guess? Like, is that it? Yeah. No, no I, I at one point uh, in frustration, I tweeted out, you know, the, the two biggest defensive plays in this game so far, was a really nice deflected pass out in the flats by rookie Eric Stokes on third down to you know force the, the Saints into turn, giving it over. And the second one was Elton Jenkins made a, a nice uh, tackle uh, to prevent a pick six on Rodgers' deep, <laughs> deep interception. I mean, really, <laughs> those, are the, those are the two best defensive plays of the game. Yeah. So you talk to Rodgers, who was, you know, Mr. Coleman Cool. I've played in a lot of football games. All right, this is maybe one of the worst that I've ever been a part of. But, you know, I asked him this question. When you're standing there in the sidelines in the third quarter and your defense cannot get off the field, does that add pressure? Like that, like that first pick you threw to Devontae in, in, you know, in a kind of congested area. I said, does that add pressure on the next offensive drive to turn things around? Yeah, there might be a little pressing there. Uh when you're sitting on the sidelines for so many minutes. But that we had a nice two-minute drive. They obviously made a big catch there to get us uh, in the field goal range. You know, the first drive, the second half was a good drive. We uh, converted, uh, you know, some good plays. Big Dog had a nice uh, explosive uh, catch and run. And then, uh, you know, obviously the pick changed the entire game. Mike, when I look at the offense, I mean, they did not help out that defense at all. Like you were asking Roger, and he was describing, like, the offense did not help out their cause or the defensive cause, cause excuse me, one bit, right? No, you know, the the Tampa 2, the cover 2 defense has bothered far. It's bothered Aaron Rodgers. When Lovey Smith had Brian Urlacher, it always took a, a quarter or two for Aaron Rodgers to figure out how to crack it because they've got the safeties, out over the numbers, you know, it's almost like double coverage on both sides. The middle is wide open unless, you know, they've got a, you know, Urlacher was so great at dropping back in coverage. But the point is you have to crack through these walls on both the left and outside flats and guys get guys going on slants or whatever, or maybe run the ball up the middle. And so Rogers was asked, you know, when, when, when you, you look so good in camp, I mean, they really did. Um, why couldn't you get your offense on track after having such a good training camp? 
Yeah, you know, when a team's going to play that much two shell, uh, you got to be able to run the ball. And, you know, we didn't run it that effectively. Uh, I think we came in thinking they're going to pressure us a bunch like they did last time. But last time, you know, we had uh, Allen, MVS, and Swerve. And this time, you know, we had some different uh, skill guys, obviously Devontae being back. So they really didn't pressure us a whole lot. Um, it was a lot of uh, a lot of two show, and they kind of held up with their front uh, front four, front six. Is Swerve Irvin? My... Yeah, Tyler Irvin. Okay, I was like, I was like, I've never heard anyone call him that before. I'm like, who the hell is Swerve? I had to think about it. Yeah, that that was a nickname that little Florida those guys started to call him too, just because he was he was good on the jet sweeps. You know, he was good at, at kind of a wiggle guy yeah. uh, for you know a, a change of pace. Yeah, you know. I guess a lot of down and distance things change things. I guess Lafleur getting frustrated, but he got it. You paid all this money to Aaron Jones. I was so excited to see Aaron Jones out there because I got news for you. In today's NFL, during training camp, the running backs might as well have on red jerseys as well. <laughs> so you know, after you paid all that money to Aaron Jones in the spring, this was really the first time that I could see him in full contact, playing football, carrying the ball, and and they only gave it to him like five times. And, you know, that's what Aaron Jones said after the game. Like, well, why couldn't you guys get the game, running game going at all in this thing? You know, we just didn't have that many snaps in the first half. And then um, once we came out, we were we were down. So uh, I think that put us in the passing game. And um, after that, we were down even more. So we had to go in the two-minute mode. So, you know, not a lot of running the ball in the two-minute mode. I don't think the Packers run game, passing game, any game, Mike. They would have struck out no matter what. They have no game going yesterday. The few times that Aaron Jones got the ball, what I was just really surprised was is that he couldn't get outside. He couldn't get off the tackles. And I, to me, it looked like the Saints, with Dennis Allen, their defensive coordinator, had a really sh- sharp plan that with that front six, it was like, do not – you know, the Packers came out with that Shanahan offense, triple fake stuff, right? One guy up the middle, one guy over here, one guy in jet sweep, oh, and we're going to pitch it to Aaron Jones. And – they did not fall for any of that crap. They just held their ground, held their gaps, let the play come to them, contain, and and they just played it really well. And I'm surprised that Lafleur couldn't didn't have a, a, some way to pull a guard, something like that, to overcome that and, and get it going. And then over on the on the Saints team, my God, here's so of course here's a team that has been in Dallas for over two and a half weeks, working out of a hotel, practicing at TCU. The damage to their own homes, their friends, their families, back in Louisiana, definitely playing with a little bit more intensity, a little more seriousness than you know the Packers, who you know Kenny Clark is a is a great guy and a hardworking player, but how many times did you see him stumble when he was a foot away from maybe getting some pressure or sacking Jameis Winston or Dean Lowry? Oh my God, you know two or three times you see him tripping up at the line of scrimmage. Instead of being the one guy, they it looked like they were going to let Jameis Winston just stand back there and let him play quarterback, let him throw a pick. So they didn't put a lot of pressure on him. If they did, it was up the middle. Then Lowry, they get him on like a fourth down in the second half, and then Lowry jumps offside. And I got Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekinds, Russ Ball sitting right behind me in the press box, and you heard Murphy go, you know, say words I, I can't repeat on the radio <laughs> in frustration. You can say it, Mike. Say it. Say it. So no, no. <laughs> I'm just testing you, Mike. Just testing. FCC man. FCC. I know they won't let us be. So, so you go over the you go over the, to the Saints locker room, 
And, you know, Jameis Winston, the quarterback, talked about, hey, they just they felt they had a good game plan. And Alan Kamara was asked, are you surprised that you beat the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, and a guy who only threw five picks all last year through two today? Oh, I don't know what, I mean, hey, I don't really care about Aaron Rodgers' stats. I just worry about what's going on in our locker room. I knew we were ready. We had a great week of practice, besides the circumstances, and we came out and we, I mean, we had juice, and the momentum was in, in our court, you know. You know, we were prepared, you know, I, that was our message today. My, my trainer hit me with a text this morning, and he said, you know, pressure is for the unprepared, and I, and I think one thing that, that we consistently did uh, as a unit is despite the adversity of having to be in Dallas, despite all the things that happened at home, uh, I think our mindset stayed the same. We were preparing to play against Green Bay uh, and play the best football that we can. We did that. Some good motivational quotes in there, Mike. Hey, Jameis Winston has grown up, man. I mean, you know, he spent a year watching Drew Brees last year, and so far, obviously, he's off to a great start. But, you know, here's the elephant in the room, people. It's the Packers' defense. Mm. What the hell happened? I mean, you fired Mike Patton, or you didn't bring him back after his contract ran out. You went to Jim Leonard, and he turned you down, which I always thought it's amazing how LaFleur kind of slipped under the radar on that. Isn't that embarrassing that you, even if it's Wisconsin, that to offer a guy a job and then he publicly turns you down? Yeah. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That's embarrassing. I, isn't there some way LaFleur could have negotiated with Leonard and say, you know, are you interested in the Would you want this job? Those kinds of things. Rather than Leonard, you know, leave Green Bay and probably announce, I'm staying with Wisconsin. I didn't take the Packers job. You know? It's, that's, yeah, it's tough. That's, that, that stuff should be private. Anyway, so he settled for Joe Barry. And, you know, Joe was the assistant head coach and linebackers coach last year for the Rams. Brandlin Staley was their, uh, you know, defense coordinator. He took over for the uh, uh, the Rams uh, head coach now, or the Chargers head coach. So uh, Joe Barry, though, was running that Rams defense. That's what he's brought in here. Listen to Sean Payton, man. It's fourth and seven in the second quarter, and you're at the, the Green Bay 41, and the, the Packers need to get these guys off the field and switch the momentum. This is in the second quarter. And instead, Jameis Winston rolls to his right. He flips the ball, runs a screen to Jawan Johnson, number 83, a tight end wide receiver. The ball goes over Rashawn Gary's fingertips. I thought maybe he even touched it. Still it lands in Johnson's hands. He goes up the right sideline, gain of 12, first down. So you the the Saints went on to that 15-play uh, touchdown march. They, well, they went up 17 to nothing there just before the half, and they took 10 minutes off the clock. 10 minutes, you got Aaron Rodgers sitting on the sidelines. As Dom Cable would say, the best defense is, is to keep the offense out on the field. So Sean Payton was asked about that little screenplay to Jawan Johnson on fourth and seven. Listen to this. Yeah, once again, look, a punt that goes into the end zone, bring it out, and you just start looking at it. And, you know, I felt like this has been a zone team on film. And we saw a little adjustment they made with the formation. We kind of kind of gave them the same formation. This was a year ago off a of Ram film, so it's, it's kind of out there. But we got a similar look, and it just kind of left a, 
a really good opportunity for us to throw a screen over uh, to Juwan. Now, what what he's saying there is, it's threw me at first. I thought the Rams, yeah, the Packers played the Rams in the playoffs. Is that what he's talking? No, no, no. All last week, Matt Lafleur saying, "Yeah, unscouted looks. We really don't know what these guys are going to run. They're going to have ten new starters. You got Jameis Winston as quarterback. We're just going to have to stick to our game and our rules. It's the first game of the season. You've got you've got this coach Sean Payton going over Rams tape from their defense and saying, you know what? I think Joe Barry's going to do what Brandon Staley would have done. <laughs> so these are the plays he's writing down mm. for fourth down situations in that part of the field. And he goes, you know what? If I give them this formation, they will most likely be in zone and the screen will be wide open. And he hit it. And so instead of Aaron Rodgers having the ball first and 10 from his own 41, Jameis Winston has the ball for 15 plays and takes 10 minutes off the clock and goes up 17 to nothing. That's how you lose football games. Yeah. Mike Rogers said plenty of season left, just one game, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna advise by that for the time being, okay? But in the background, I do have this. Players baby come back. I'm changing the uh, the words to Clemens come back. Are you back from are you back from Jacksonville yet? You're still in Florida. No, I'm in Jacksonville. We uh, we fly this afternoon. Well, this one's for you, Mike. Players Clemens come back. Mike, we love you, brother. Good stuff. Hopefully the Packers can give you something more exciting uh, next Monday for Monday Football against the Lions, all right? Thank you, Evo. All right, see you, buddy. There he is, Mike Clemens. Clemens, come back.